Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Happy Friday, happy Cinco de Mayo, happy Matt Mervis Day. Jack, Peter, Aram, just baseball show to send you into the week, send you into Kentucky Derby weekend. Could be really exciting. Uh, if I forget, I need you guys to remind me at the end of the episode, I do have my Derby winning horse and I will I will share that with you guys. But uh, happy Matt Mervis Day. Um, Aram, this is a guy that you've gotten to know really well. You've gotten to almost ride in the back seat of his incredible 2022 season and start to 23. He's being rewarded with a big league call up today. Couldn't be more exciting. Yeah, I, I like it's it's just it's one of those things where it's like we, we felt like it should have happened a month ago and then before that. And you almost forget about it all now. And, and like I just I, I'm so excited for him, like to get that first game at Wrigley. The fans are going to go nuts. It turned into something that was like larger than life because of the fact that the Cubs kicked the can down the road for so long with Hosmer that like 
every single time I went to Twitter, I'm seeing fans like lose their minds, lose their minds. and just became a bigger, 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 bigger thing. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that doesn't turn into pressure at all uh, because I know like people are like, oh, like Mervis is a savior. No, he's just going to be a guy that's going to hit really well for you, which they have not gotten anything from first base and DH. But more importantly, this is a guy that was a, you know, casualty of the COVID shortened draft, you know, wasn't drafted, signed as a $20,000 undrafted free agent with the Cubs and had a horrible first professional season. Like was really bad. I'll tell you it himself was bad and low A, high A. And then, or low way it was, yeah. then just goes off last year and, and just has not stopped since. So awesome dude, awesome story, hard worker. He's about to be a fan favorite in Chicago. And I, I can promise you this guy's not going anywhere. Um, even if he doesn't jump out to the uh, 1000 OPS that we've seen from him over the last year and change. Um, I'm telling you, this guy will hit, he will, he will be good. And the Cubs have their first baseman of the future here. I think with Matt Mervis. My thing is, if Matt Mervis doesn't have a multi-extra base hit day in his big league debut, I'm going to start to hover over the panic button because that's what I think we've become accustomed to with Mervis. Every day. Every single day. Yeah, like ripping a 114 down the line and then so, hitting a backside homer. Yeah. I asked him about the 114. He says, That was crazy. So in St. Honest, Paul, it was cold as shit. Honest guy. Honest guy. He says, no, I think the track man was hot. Oh, he says he thinks it was that. just 111 or 112. <laughs> Um, but the, the, the point being too, like this guy, okay. Only one twelve. He smoked that thing. Like he's got power. Uh, he's honest. He's not going to lie and fudge the numbers to one fourteen. but the ball flying at Wrigley, man, you talk about St. Paul, it's cold out there. This dude gets the ball in the air. He can hit a lot of homers out there at Wrigley. I'm really excited about that. He's also top five nickname already in major league. Oh, yeah. Mash Mervis, phenomenal. Imagine Check him you can buy those shirts too, and he gets a cut of that. So uh, obvious, it was obvious tees. What is it? Exactly. Uh, obvious shirts. I want to say obvious shirts. There's a Mash Mervis shirt. Buy that guy signed for twenty grand. Like let him get his bag. Buy buy a Mash Mervis shirt if you're a Cubs fan. But that is, I think, one of already the best nicknames out there. This is uh, NIL, like a couple years late from Mash yeah. Marks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. I love it. Um, all right. So I, full transparency here. I'm a little tired because I, I stayed up shaking and I, I I cried myself to sleep last night knowing that Wander Franco single-handedly ruined the game of baseball. Ruined it. I'm in shambles because he tossed a ground ball. He, he fielded a ground ball hit to his forehand by Brian Reynolds transferred, spun it up with his hand, caught it again with his bare hand, and still had time to throw Reynolds out by a step and a half. And and I, I don't know. I was so overcome with emotion and anger and disgust. This is not the game that Ty Cobb made perfect. Honus <laughs> Wagner would never. Punkston O'Doyle would never. I can't believe Juan Franco had fun playing baseball. I can't believe oh, yeah. it. It makes me so upset. Can I be the boomer for a second here? Yeah, sure. No, because we he was aren't. almost safe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, 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 not that. I don't. I don't give a shit. But if you were his teammate, obviously, if he, if he messed it up, I'm living. Oh, but if yeah. you're his teammate, like, what, what, would you like? What would you think of if, if if your teammate did that? I'd probably be like, don't do that. I I personally wouldn't give a shit. Like, yeah. if he made the play, let's say he messes it up. Let's say he flips it up and just throws it into the stands or something. Then you have something to say. 
but he's so freaking talented that he could just do that. Like there are a few yeah. guys in our sport who have not only the skill to be able to do that, but the mental capacity to be able to think of that on the spot, like wanders yeah, in that breath. Other- I've got no problem. problem. I've got no problem with it because it it was a viral clip. It's good for baseball. Like people that don't like or don't watch baseball probably saw that. And they're like, whoa, like there's cool guys playing this sport. It's like Globetrotters. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a version of like, yeah. And I think if you're going to get upset about it, like in basketball, guys that have a wide open dunk, only the guys that can really dunk will do it. But guys that have a wide open dunk, you know, they'll go and do a windmill or do a 360 or whatever. Like that's, probably cooler than flipping the ball up to yourself. But the point being like, it's entertainment. That was entertaining. He got the out. Um, I didn't really dive into like the reactions and the responses, but obviously it goes like without saying that you're going to have a facet of like, you know, middle-aged people, middle-aged males that are just livid about it. Um, I thought that was pretty, pretty nuts though. That's one of the I craziest just, things I've seen on a, on a, on a baseball field. I and don't I, again, I think it was super cool, but it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen on a baseball. Don't understand the anger, like even slightly. What oh, no, of course who not. cares? It's almost like the way that you guys were talking about it with uh, the windmill or something. I put Juan Franco in the same breath as like a John Morant. So if John Morant is running down the lane, he's got an open lane and he does a windmill dunk and let's say he missed it. Like are his teammates pissed at him? Like mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, he makes that. Juan Franco, nine times out of ten, he makes that play. Like I think in the game if, in particular, the Rays were crushing them anyway. Like I think the yeah. Rays were dominating them. What was the score? I think it finished eight they were one, up like seven or eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. then I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Then I really don't give a shit. I didn't even see the score. I was. So, I was ironically playing in my basketball league. Oh, Ooh. how about how we do? Oh boy, you know, you know that like you know that meme. Um, where it's like, he's just out there like getting cardio. Yeah. <laughs> like the Tony Snell, Tony zero, Snell zero, line. Zero, yeah. Zero, 22, zero, 22, 22 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. Um, good defense. Uh, I, good defense. Yeah, no, no, nothing else. Zero. It was, it was a cardio day for me, which is why I'm playing. Actually, I'm not going to run otherwise. It's been, it was fun. So good defense, meaning like no blocks, no steals, but like you were the king of altering shots or like two, not allowing your man steals, the ball. Two steals, two steals. Um, I drew a charge. They didn't give it to me, which like, I get it. Like you're not you're not calling a fucking charge in in in, in a, like a league like this. But I took it. I'm not doing it again. It hurt, and I got nothing. Um, I, I got to be the glue guy. Like I was thinking about. I'm like I'm not gonna get buckets. I'm not good. Might as well be the glue guy. Team guy. Uh, or yeah, you just a lot. They, they were saying like I, I we have the Memphis Grizzlies scorekeeper, so I had like 20 altered shots. Mm. That's all okay. that matters. Yeah, and that's why Jaron Jackson's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I was going to say, yeah. like, you could just lean in and, and become Dylan Brooks for this pickup basketball team, which would be pretty great. And you Dude, would not be invited by there. any by any means necessary. There, there was, was a, a team, team there with a broadcaster and like a full camera crew. No, and I'm like, dude, nope, dude, like that's ridiculous. Did you guys see uh, that Dylan Brooks is not going back to the Memphis Grizzlies, but under any circumstances? Yes, and I was thinking, yes. so if he's like, I'll play for free, yeah, like, there's, there's no way. If he said, I'll take the men, they're saying no, like get out of here, or just for free, under any circumstances. Cer- 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 no, that guy's absolutely a Detroit Piston next year. Uh, last thing on Wander Franco, Trisha Whitaker, sideline reporter and host for Bally Sports. Florida, I guess, Bally Sun that broadcast the the Braves, the uh, Rays games. Braves. Yeah, the Braves. The the Rays games. 
Kevin Cash on Wander's ball flip yesterday that has been quite the popular video today. Quote, I get home and now my son, uh, I get home and now I know my son JD is going to look at me and tell me to go out there and practice that play with him. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do that because I can't relate to the amount of confidence that Wander plays with. It's pretty special. That's Wander's manager talking about this. Xavier Scruggs, our guy, friend of the show, immediately quote tweeted and said, the fact that Cash didn't downplay or publicly criticize this play is one of the many reasons why he is one of the better managers in the game. He doesn't take the individually individuality out of the players that play the game. I, I can like really appreciate that sentiment because I do think that there are some managers out there, <clears throat> Ali Marmo, that would yeah. do something like that, right? They would say, didn't like that at all, didn't appreciate that, and, and not confront Wander about it. They would just say that to the media because um, yeah. they have an old school thought. I, I think Kevin Cash, obviously, you know, we, we label the Rays as new school, but I think that that guy appreciates that his guys are are having a lot of fun winning a shit ton of games right now. Yeah, one, just to bring in more basketball references, you know, I've been binging The Last Dance and Phil Jackson. You're, you're about three coaches. years late on that one. No, I know. I've already seen it once and I'm like watching it again because I love it. And Phil Jackson uh, was talking about Dennis Rodman, right? I mean, Dennis Rodman and Juan Franco, they're not nearly the same. But in that sense of I had to let him be him, like let the individual play. Maybe he goes on a... Uh, a little vacation to Las Vegas for a couple of days and then comes back and dominates. Now, it's not the same thing, but it it's it's representative of let the player be himself and Wander is showing off his flair because he's so crazy talented. It's not some rando doing it and then making an error. The fact that he did it makes baseball better. Anyone who has a problem with it, I just vehemently disagree with you. Yeah, and it's also just a, an embodiment of how he plays the game, which is loose. And you play baseball is a game you got to play loose. You know, you play uptight, you're not going to succeed. And um, I, I do really like that quote, though, from Cash. It was almost like it was, I, I, and it probably was, semi-prepared. I think he knew he yeah. was going to be asked about it. He's like, what's the best way I can answer this without, you know, encouraging it to always do you know, I want all my players doing this. Like, obviously not. That would um, be sick, though. If he's like, I want no, Wander that's a to new- do it. Every no. ground ball, like, no, but the, the answer was a perfect, like a perfect combination of like, not everybody can do this, but wa- I'm going to let Wander be Wander. And you know, I'm sure Cash probably pulled him aside at some point and was like, hey, like, relax a little bit over there, Wander. Like, you know, please don't do that in a close game or whatever. And they probably had a laugh about it. And that was that. Um, but I agree. Like, you see the difference, too. Rays are succeeding. Cardinals are sucking. And I'm not saying that it's all Ali Marmol's fault, but... You know, for this team that is as talented as the Cardinals are to be struggling, um, you, you got to figure that there are some issues that are beyond the baseball field. And those two just little examples, I think, can can be microcosms of of maybe a larger situation. Rays, harmonious. They're clicking on all cylinders on and off the field, I would assume. Cardinals, I would, wouldn't be surprised if there were some struggles there in the clubhouse. And remember, Wayno's not in there right now. Yep. Wayno's rehabbing, and, and and that's probably one of the glue guys of that clubhouse. So Yachty's out of the picture. Pujols, out of the picture. This is a different team, younger and you know different manager. I know the manager was there last year, but he didn't really have to be the manager. All he, all he could kind of let Yachty, Pujols, and Wayno do their thing. It's a little different now, and I think we're seeing the, the effect that a manager can have. 
And the first sign of adversity, like literally first week of the season, he publicly bashes his two-time gold glove center fielder that like we it's know by all accounts. Built on hustling. Yeah, built <laughs> yeah. on hustling, like got every opportunity because he hustles and takes excellent care of his body and by all accounts is a great dude. He decides to publicly bash him before going to him. Uh, I, I think there might be a good reason the Cardinals are in last place despite, you know, having that lineup quickly going back to the Rays point for a second I think it would be funny because you know how the Rays are like a couple years ahead analytically than a lot of these other teams like if Kevin Cash doubled down on it and said yeah that's like a new thing it actually gets velo on your arm like we're going to start doing that across the infield so and then you see other teams tomorrow like, start doing, doing it, tomorrow. it just to troll yeah. and then it, like John Birdie's flipping the ball to himself yeah. tomorrow I mean oh. it's the Tampa Bay Ray way um yeah. All right, let, let's jump into our rookie ladder. This is our first one that we're doing here. Um, corresponding artist article going to be up early next week on JustBaseball.com here. Uh, and, and what we decided to do was almost power rank the top 10 rookies so far. Now, we did have some loose constraints. You have to play, you know, X amount of games, you know, throw X amount of innings. And, and there are guys that have had great starts to their career um, or this year in like their true rookie year that have just not played enough to unseat somebody in the top 10. So we've got three did not qualify yet. And then we've got medically disqualified. We've got one of those guys and then we'll jump into the top 10. I want to start with the medical DQ from this list. And that's Logan Ohapi, the catcher for the LA angels. Um, Cause Ohapi was great, man. 16 games was hitting 280, had an 890 OPS, had two doubles, four RBI or four homers, 13 RBIs. Ohapi was awesome. Problem is the labrum, and he's out for what looks like the entirety of the season. Hopefully, he's back at the tail end of the season, but that's thinking optimistically. Um, Ohapi was certainly going to be on the top 10 in this list if he was healthy. Yeah, uh, I think top five. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, he's right in that conversation with those the, the most elite rookies we've had so far, I, I think very easily. So yeah, that really does stink, um, especially as a catcher, too. They, we're not. I'm not mistaken. I don't think there's any other catchers on this list. It's really hard to make an impact as a catcher, as a rookie catcher immediately on a team that's in win now mode. So all right, the good news is the angels know they have a really good one in Ohapi. The The bad news is, I mean, it's, that's a big blow. And I, I, I would have made the case for him to, uh, to be in the top five, no doubt about it. At least, uh, you know, and this isn't anything about a hoppy, but the angels, at least in my opinion, were left with a real hole at catcher, right? Logan Ohapi was supposed to be their guy. And Matt Thice, three for three today, hitting 280 now. At least he's filling the hole, but that's still such a tough blow. You know, speaking with Tucker Davidson, left-handed pitcher for the Angels on the Arm Barn podcasts, and they were just glowing about Ohapi, that he's built in a lab, that he is built to be a mainstay, one of the great young catchers in the game, and it just sucks. It sucks for the game that he's out. Yep. Um, so Ohapi is our one medically DQ'd guy. First of three honorable mentions or not qualified yet, Taj Bradley, right-hander for the Tampa Bay Rays. And Bradley has made three starts with Tampa. He's made three starts with their AAA affiliate in Durham. And he's currently on the minor league roster right now. Yeah, I don't know why they've got three starting pitchers on the active roster, but like Ray's going to Ray and I'm not going to question it. Um, Taj Bradley in his first three major league starts is 3-0. and with a 3-5-2 ERA, 15 and a third innings, 12 hits, 6 runs, 23 punch outs, and 2 walks, 13 and a half Ks per 9, 
1.2 walks per nine. This guy's got a FIP at 2.6. He's got a whip under one. Taj Bradley looks like a strike thrower. And I think that we were expecting him to, you know, not walk the world. I wasn't expecting a 23 to two ratio at all. That's that's insane. Like 23 to two is nuts. And, and, and the one thing I was worried about was like, okay, you know, I know he's going to throw strikes. <clears throat> I know he's going to get his, his K's here and there. He's going to keep the ball in the yard. And and so far he has. I mean, the only two home runs he gave up in those three starts were in that final start against the Houston Astros, where he still limited the overall scope of the damage. It was five innings, four hits, three runs, two homers, six K's, no walks. So, like, you take that every day of the week. Uh, this is just a dude that's really, really found a way to succeed at the big league level. I'm, I'm shocked that he's not up there. Obviously there's a larger plan here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be, it's not going to be very long until I, by the, by the next rookie ladder, I think Taj Bradley will be near the top. Yeah. Fastball has so much life just jumps out of the box. I knew he arrived when he struck out Rafael Devers and Devers looked back into the catcher's mitt, looked back at Taj Bradley and gave one of those, like tip your cap to the kid, right? Like it, the fastball is real in terms of stuff. Plus it ranks within the top 10 already just grading the physical attributes of the pitch 95 to 97 with like, it looks like 60 inches of induced vertical break. The kid is real and it's just, we need to see him more. Yeah. And hopefully we will guy that we will be seeing more Mason Miller in his first three mm-hmm. starts at the big league level. Uh, Miller has an identical ERA three, five two, 15 and a third inning, six earned runs, nine hits, Punched out 17 and walked six, notably at home on Tuesday night uh, against Bryce Miller in Seattle. He went seven, no hit, struck out six, did walk four. And that's what he really took from that start is that he walked four guys. But um, Miller looks freaking overpowering. And that is, I think, like the best way that I can put him in an umbrella like this guy already is the one for Oakland three starts into his major league career uh and he can bully big league hitters already he this is the start of like a very exciting career I think I mean he's it's 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 unbelievable that a guy that's barely thrown in the minor leagues can you know really already know himself as a pitcher this way like he's still feeling out the command he's still you know, figuring out exactly how he wants to attack hitters. But the reality is he can just attack them with that fastball. Uh, and the fastball breaking ball combination is enough to to, to be a problem. Um, as the command continues to get better, like we're going to see a guy whose ceiling I think is going to continue to to rise. Like it, it's very clear that he could be a frontline dude. It's it's up to health and it's up to you know the command. And what I like to see him from that last start is he was operating kind of a tick down from what we're normally used to and just spotting better. Um, another guy that if he's healthy – I'll be in the top 10 of this rookie ladder next time. No doubt about it. For sure. Top five in stuff plus right now. Number one, Jacob DeGrom. Number two, Shohei Otani. Number three, Spencer Schreider. Four, Hunter Green. Five, Mason Miller. Damn. And I thought to this point, the best pitching matchup of the year, the best pitchers duel was Seattle versus Oakland. The Millers, Mason Miller, Versus Bryce Miller. And Bryce Miller is another guy who will make this list someday. The only issue is he's only had one start so far. But these dudes were dicing. Like, both lineups had absolutely no shot. They both held no hitters into the sixth inning. Mason Miller ended up, did throw a seven-inning no-hitter. Bryce Miller gave up a run in the sixth inning. Six innings, two hits, one earned, 10 Ks. Unbelievable starts from those two. 
Yeah, we we talked about that matchup on yesterday's show, and I, I think the thing that helped them was yes, both these guys are really good, and you know, Arm, we we talked about it like the battle of probably the two eighty grade fastballs uh, among minor league pitchers right now. Um, so yes, it was a matchup of like great arms. Seattle's offense is bad right now. Oakland's offense is bad at any time. So it was attacked. it was yeah, awesome yeah. to see those killers like pounce on bad lineups, which was, it was a blast. They're, they're bad lineups, but they're not like bottom of the barrel lineups. Like the uh, good thing about <laughs> Oakland, I, I would I would not say the bottom of the barrel. I don't think Oakland is the bottom of the barrel lineup. Like if you look at just WRC plus this season, Oakland is like 22 and the Mariners are like 20. Like, it, in my opinion, it wasn't awful lineups. These are major league lineups with, with good hitters in it. And I was really, really impressed. I, I Who are the good hitters in Oakland's lineup? Yeah, Brent Rooker. We're going to go over a Stuart Ruiz in a second. Brent Rooker is one of baseball's best hitters right now. But, like, Ruiz you, has a 100 WRC+. Plus. Like, Ruiz a is like average a league hitter. average hitter. Yeah, yeah. It's a league we said good. You said good. I think he's a good hitter. Do you think he's not a good hitter? I think he's league average. Yeah. All right. I think he's a good hitter. Man. Who else? Do you want me to go through Oakland's lineup? Like, they're not a great lineup. I don't know what we're arguing here. It, they're still impressive. It was at his first start on the road against major league hitters. It was very impressive. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I just wanted you, I wanted to see you try to elaborate on Oakland A's lineup being not bad. I'm looking at it terrible. right now. Yeah, I think it's terrible. Like you got Rooker, who's like hit, like who's hot Rooker's right sick. now. Yeah, so. it is a lineup that isn't last in WRC plus. Fair, fair, absolutely factual. All right, uh, in last... the major leagues, in the in... major leagues, it's not Correct. last. There Correct. you go. Um, all right, last honorable mentions, Brett Beatty with the New York Mets. Beatty got 11 games last year. He was fine, then he had, hurt his thumb. Um, Beatty this year, 14 games, hitting 311 with an 860 OPS, two doubles, two homers, four driven in. Uh, I think Mets fans were just clamoring for the Eduardo Escobar thing to be over and the Beatty era to begin, and this is an excellent, excellent start to the Brett Beatty era. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, he is he is really really good. Like, I this is somebody that I bought a lot of cards of before this year, uh, and and I was really excited about just because of of the adjustments he's made to hit the ball in the air more, the improvements on defense, and how hard he hits the baseball. Uh, but it is really crazy when you can bring up a rookie. You know, we're talking about the Cubs situation with Mervis and how like a rookie is a better option than what they presently have. It's crazy that a rookie was a better option than what the Mets presently have given what the Mets, you know, payroll is and what they've, you know, what, what, what the expectation is around them. But I think that's also a testament to Beatty. Like Escobar has been, hasn't been good, but at the end of the day, like to, to bring in a rookie and like, he would have to be a, a from the jump and above average hitter to be like a clear cut upgrade. And he's been that um, I'm really excited to see if Beatty can continue to do that, which I think he will with his approach and, and how hard he hits the baseball. Yeah, in terms of just overall rookies from a talent perspective, I think he'd easily be in the top five. From just a hitting perspective, he might be number two to Corbin Carroll. Guy was slashing 300, almost 400 on the on-base percentage, 500 slug. Dude is a freak. Yeah. Um, all right, next one for you as we get into the top 10 here. Anthony Volpe is number 10 on the rookie ladder. And you could say, oh, but Volpe's got like the prospect intrigue. And I, I think same could be said for Beatty, right? If we did factor in 
prospect ranking and intrigue into this list, I think the list would look a little different. But Anthony Volpe had a really tough start to his major league career. Good news to get him back on the top 10 is he has rebounded. Interesting note about Volpe, the Yankees have played 32 games. Anthony Volpe has played 32 games. So far, he's hitting 221. He's got a 680 OPS, three doubles, three homers, nine driven in. He's 10 for 10 in the stolen base department. Probably punching out a little bit more than we were expecting him to. But, I mean, he's doing everything that we were like, sold him doing well. Well, he's playing good defense. He's a high efficiency base dealer. He's perfect. Like, this guy, I think, is just scraping the surface of what he could become. And I love seeing that for him because with how bad the start was, he's gotten those numbers up to a respectable point five weeks into the season. Yeah, he's getting better by the day too. And it it takes a little while because he's still really, really young. I think he's 21 years old. And he's a guy who, even in the minor leagues, I feel like has started slow in each of his seasons, whether that be in single A or double A or triple Every year, he starts a little bit slow and then really gets going. Like, I don't think Yankee fans should expect to see you know, the prime of Anthony Volpe as soon as he gets called up, but you're seeing the improvements day over day, and he's already a really good base dealer, and he's already a solid defender. The power is going to come. He's got three bombs. It's just a learning process for him. He's still a really young player. Yeah, yeah you look at the last like, 10, 12 games – pretty much hovering right around 110, 115 WRC+. plus. You pretty much eliminate just the first 10 games, any group of of games. You go 10, 15, 20. Uh, over the last span of whatever, it's been above average. So Volpe's a guy that I think is going to keep rising up this for sure because I mean, he also has one of the toughest jobs. And, and I, I kind of wanted to like take that away from the rankings here because this is an individual system here that we're, we're ranking on. But just to add context on the podcast side of it, like – Anthony Volpe, like you can speak to this, Peter, like this is one of the hardest jobs a rookie could have. You're the everyday shortstop. And as Jack mentioned, he's played every game. Like Brett Beatty's been more impressive by a fair margin. Beatty's played less than half the games. So like he's not only been the Yankees everyday shortstop, he's played every single game from the jump. Um, And I think that's saying a lot for a lineup that's we've talked about it has been just a, a revolving door of mediocrity. And Volpe's been one of the few constants. Um, He's kind of moved around the lineup a lot. I I think this is a guy that has really held up his end of the bargain so far, even with a quote unquote slow start for his standards. But he's he's almost a, a full win player uh, already through his first thirty two you know big league games to be almost have a full win you know full F war. That's pretty damn good. So Volpe was in the leadoff spot the last couple of days. I mean, like he is the leadoff hitter for the Yankees right now with how many guys are out. Wasn't he in the nine hole on opening day? probably should be in the nine hole and that's not being mean to him he's 22 years old and he's a year younger than Brett Beatty which I think is interesting too he's still a year behind so realistically a 22 year old could easily be in double a or triple a but he's in the bigs and to arm's point I think playing shortstop for the New York Yankees is the hardest position in major league baseball to overcome and we've seen some of the Yankee shortstops since Derek Cheater it hasn't been all roses right Didi Gregorius had a good couple of seasons there and then that ended we had an IKF year which I still have nightmares about and then now we have Anthony Volpe and it's taken a little while Uh, but I think it's interesting too because even a guy like Aaron Judge when he first came up you know his WRC plus was below 100 in his first year and he came up as a 24 25 year old 
guy's still super young. Yankee fans have to be patient with him because once you are patient, you're going to see what a lot of people thought is a top 10 prospect. I know he's top 10 in our rankings. Yeah, top five. And, and, and so here's here's a small sample size theater question for both of you, um, and, and probably a little bit more specifically, Peter, since he watches the Yankees, obviously, more closely than, than we do. Uh, it's it's so early, but I was looking at the splits and I was actually very surprised because I agree. I was like, Volpe should be living in the nine hole. We were talking about that. Uh, looking at the splits right now, Volpe as a leadoff hitter is way better than Volpe as the nine hitter, which again, small sample size. We have 18 games of Volpe as a leadoff hitter and he is hitting 254. We have 12 games with Volpe in the nine hole. He's hitting 167. I thought that was kind of interesting. Small sample based on opponents could be a few different things. Uh, but what do you think of that? Like, do you think that there's a different, you know, expectation? Is he getting pitched too differently as a one hitter? Is he like have a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder? Like, I, I just think it's interesting to have that big of a discrepancy, even though it's only 12 games and what, 16 games? What did I say? Whatever that was like, it's small sample, but it is a pretty big difference. Yeah, I guess my answer to that is you're just seeing him get better. And I don't even right. think it really matters whether he's in the one hole or the nine hole. We're just seeing him improve. And when he started the season, he was off to a super, super slow start. And he just happened to be in the nine hole. Now we're seeing him improve day by day. And he happens to be in the one hole. So I don't think it really has anything to do with that. I don't think pitchers are pitching him any differently, whether he's hitting first or whether he's hitting ninth. I think we're just seeing him improve, which is really yeah. awesome to see. Which is awesome because in the leadoff, 254, 342, 433. Yeah, that OBP, that every day of the week. I think, is the most important thing. He's getting on base. Like, even if he's not, you know, hitting singles, he's he's still got pretty solid plate discipline and and walks turn into doubles yeah. with him. Like, he's so efficient on the base pass and that momentum lead. He's already got it. Like, he's so young and he's already so smart on the bases. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Peter hit the nail on the head. Like, I, I think spot in the lineup, like, is literally just he was, you know, front half of this season to this point. He was in the nine hole. Second half of the season half. before, and he's in the league. <laughs> yeah, like front, it's I don't know, like, yeah. front twelve games, front fourteen yeah. games. He was he was in the nine hole. No, I actually fourteen. Didn't realize it was that clear cut. I'm looking at the game log right now. Yeah, I mean it's literally been that that cut and dry. Like first handful of games, nine 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 every single game, and then recently number one, pretty much every single one except for one random game where he pinch hit in the seven hole. So yeah, he's yeah. he's leading off pretty much every game now, and he's a different guy. Yeah. Um, the American League leader in hit by pitches is number nine <laughs> on the rookie ladder. SDRA Ruiz has been hit nine times already. Holy shit. Uh, SDRA Ruiz, while he may be OPS plusing, I want to say 95 of the OPS plus right now. Yeah, 670 OPS. Um, he's hitting 265, but this guy's getting on base at a 341 clip. He's 13 for 14 in the stolen base department. Two rookies have a share of second on the stolen base leaderboards. Ronald Acuna has 14. Um, Estere Ruiz and Jiwan Bay both have 13. Bay didn't make this list. Ruiz does because this is like more sustainable for Estere Ruiz. He hasn't shown us his first big league homer, but he's got seven doubles. He's driven in 13. This guy is doing enough to be an average bat in a bad lineup, I think. Here's why I called him a good hitter, which is a blanket term, but here's why I called him a good hitter. In terms of WRC+, plus, yes, he is a 100 league average. But I think when Arm and I, you know, Jack, you were in the group chat too, we were talking about the power between Volpe 
and Suruiz. Suruiz plays in front of 1,500 fans, and the ballpark is enormous. So it's going to be hard to hit balls out of there anyway. He's shown the power, at least through the doubles department. And the fact that he's striking out less than a 17% rate, and he's getting on base at a 341 clip in his first season, I think that's really impressive for a young player like he is. So that's why I put him in the good over the league average, because I think it's only going to get higher. I don't think 100 WRC plus is what he will be this season. I think he's going to finish with around a 110, 115 with 40 stolen bases and a 340 to a 350 OBP. I qualify that as a good hitter. So that's what I'm looking at. Maybe right now, WRC plus 100, but I think seeing that like Volpe is around a 95. I think he is going to be a good hitter too this season. So that's what I meant when qualifying Ruiz is a good hitter. So, I mean, with Ruiz too, playing pretty good defense in center field, I think that's something that's going to keep getting better and better. This guy was a converted infielder um, through the minor leagues. And and now, you know, the plus plus speed really plays well out there. I think this, because he, he started slow in the stolen base department um, and now is just, come on insanely strong this dude might steal 60 bags like it's gonna be really interesting and if he keeps getting on base at this clip um i i would i would bet on him leading the league in stolen bases he has the green light it's pretty clear he'll take second and then he'll take third uh volpe's in the same boat um but i think ruiz has a little bit more of this like the 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 oakland a's need to manufacture runs um, you know, you're not always going to give Volpe the green light when Aaron Judge is at the plate. You know, you, sometimes you're going to want to let him hit. I, I think I think Esteri Ruiz can run in any count with anybody up in any position. He might attempt 75 stolen bases this year. I, I have a, a really good feeling that Ruiz is going to pace the league in stolen bases, and uh, it's going to be fun to see how high that number can go. Yeah, last thing on him, he's gotten stronger. Like, he's filling out that uniform more than he ever has before. And and watching him in the minor leagues last year when he was swiping bases left and right, like, he still wasn't really filling out that uniform. Now, I don't know if it's, like, a better fit of a jersey where you see his arm definition, but he, he looks like a bigger guy. And obviously, he hasn't sacrificed any speed. He looks more like a sustainable Major League Baseball player now than really I thought he would ever look like based on, you know, 2019, 21, 22. Also, Oakland is 18th in WRC plus in baseball and Seattle's 19th. Shit. All right. Uh, Yaner Cano. Park park adjusted too, right? Park adjusted. Yeah. Uh, Yaner Cano, number eight on this list. Uh, Yaner Cano is a much older guy, but he still has rookie eligibility. Um, He debuted last year. He had 13 appearances, 18 innings. He had an 11 and a half ERA, 26 hits in 18 innings. This year is a 29-year-old rookie in Baltimore. This guy's like the best setup man in the league for Felix Bautista. 12 innings, one hit, no runs, 13 punch outs, no walks. Has he been statistically the best reliever in baseball so far this year? One hit in 12 innings? Like, yeah, he's up there. But I think almost even more impressive than just one hit is no walks. He's just throwing strikes with that sinker, and he's just getting weak contact. He's striking out almost 10 guys per nine, but he's only throwing 12 innings, so do with that what you may. 
but it's really just fun to watch them. And I know Orioles fans are seeing another reliever kind of sprout out because that they've been really good in that bullpen. Like we saw Felix Batista, what he did, Jorge Lopez, what he did. You know, Sino Perez has gone off to a bad start, but he was really good last year. Like the Orioles have kind of this reliever lab where they're just bringing up randos and they're ended up being really good. So shout out Yannir Cano, the uh, the free agent from Cuba, right? I think he was signed from Cuba. Yep. Shout out. I mean, I think Peter's totally right. Like you, you got to look at at the the Orioles as a reliever manufacturer now. Like I don't, they can't manufacture starting pitching at this point. Um, I think that was more of a scouting thing that dates, you know, kind of back before. So I do like some of the things that they're doing now. And obviously we've seen Grayson continue to progress well. Um, I just interviewed um, Cade Povich on on the call up, who's a really exciting rising young arm in that system, who they identified and, and got in a trade last year from from the twins. So you know, I think they're they're changing that narrative, but they've clearly got it figured out in the bullpen. Like they are spawning these arms left and right. And and what's amazing with Cano is the changeup. I love the diabolical changeup relievers. We talk yeah. about Devin Williams. This this is one of the more diabolical changeups in in, in, like in, that in, word. in the big leagues. Like it is <laughs> gross. And and I agree with Peter. Like this is a this is a we got to start putting the Orioles in the like spawning relievers department. Like they are in that conversation. Like Brian Baker. I don't even know who that is, and he gets that, out. That's that's a, that's a MLB the show like simulated like five. Yeah, seasons. that that's one of yeah, those comes like, in and just bald, no facial features, just like eyes, nose, and mouth exist. Yeah, Brian Baker. A, nobody could hit him. Man, yeah, CNL Perez was awesome last year. He had what a one six six out of like freaking nowhere. Jorge Lopez. I mean, Lopez looked great in Minnesota to start the year. He's had a couple blips recently, but I mean, Lopez, another guy that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, Cano, man, I like they found it, and, and I'm with you. A change up from a guy that big, I think he's like 6'5, 250. Yeah, there's something about big boys throwing change ups, and I'm like, wow, this doesn't make any sense coming out of that arm, but it does. the table. Um, another Oriole at seven here, and he gets the edge solely because he is a starting pitcher and he's thrown double the innings that Cano has. Grayson Rodriguez has not looked as advertised, but he still looked really good in his first five starts. He's got a 407 ERA, 24 and a third innings, 23 hits, 11 earned, 34 punch outs, 11 walks. That's 12 and a half Ks per nine. The command hasn't necessarily been there the way that we were hoping it would, but the strikeouts are amassing in a, in a great fashion. Um, G-Rod looks like this is the start of something special, and that's all we were really asking for from him. Well, you look at the last two starts too. I think he's starting to really settle in, and of course, Taj has has been more impressive through three starts. But like Grayson Rodriguez has thrown more, and at this point, like you you got to put some stock in that, obviously. And if if Taj had one or two more starts under his belt, probably you know in this range. But you look at what G Rod's done the last two starts: five score, and it's the Tigers twice, which is worth noting. But it's a big league lineup, you know, and, and at the end of the day, like he was fighting himself in those other outings. I think in this one, we, we saw him just a lot with a lot more confidence, five innings, no run, six Ks, three walks, and then follows that up on the road in Detroit, five innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, nine Ks, best start of his career. And that's right after, I know it's the Tigers, but they just saw him and then they see him again. That's advantage hitters usually. In this case, it was advantage Grayson Rodriguez, and he looked really, really good. So coming off of the best start of his career, his young career, I'm excited to see him continue to build off of that because we know what he can be. Yeah, talk about a diabolical changeup. 
Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, the fastball just has life and he looks like the front of the line starter that, you know, I know you ranked him as Aram. Anyone who watches him can see it clearly that this guy has loads of talent and he's starting to put it together. And right now, as we're speaking, the Orioles are up eight to one against the Kansas City Royals and he's given up one run and two innings so far. But of course, the strikeouts are still there. Like he will be a very good pitcher in this league. Question question for you guys Orioles have to win a game you know like let's say it's a wild card game one but it's tomorrow like we don't have any more sample size to work with here uh who is pitching that game in a must-win ball game for the Baltimore Orioles right now the the answer is yes (laughs) it's the answer is Grayson Rodriguez yes I know it sounds crazy but I'm a Tyler Wells guy (laughs) Tyler Wells that's option two He's doing really well, and he's also a young guy. He just doesn't have the crazy stuff that Grayson is. He's not as entertaining of a watch, but the guy just gets out. That's why it's kind of why I asked the question. I don't think that's a bad answer at all. I like that you are going with what is a little bit more established and proven and safe. Um, there's a chance that Grayson Rodriguez could go seven shutty and, and carry you to victory, but there's also a chance that the command's not there, and now you're at a disadvantage off the jump. Um, yeah, I was kind of curious. Basically, what I wanted to ask is, are you confident that he can be better than a 3-3 ERA the rest of the way? Because that's kind of what Tyler Wells has settled into being. I'm I'm with Peter on that one, too, because like I, I didn't totally buy it last year. Like I'm like waiting for Tyler Wells to kind of come down to earth. He did a little bit. He still had a 4-2-5, though, which is more than fine. He had a 4-1-1 out of the bullpen the year before that, and he's got a 3-3 this year. He's in the gets out bu- get outs bucket, but... I think that answer may change in a month or two if G-Rod continues on this trajectory. But I I, I, I can agree with that for now. It probably will change. But tomorrow? Like tomorrow. Tyler Wells is a 0-7-7 whip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's tough to, that's <laughs> tough to pass on. Well, he, I think he was gifted the Tigers at home last week or the week before, which was like eight shutout or something, seven shutout, eight seven shutout. Seven innings, three hits, no runs. But yeah. first start of the year, five inning no hitter against the Rangers, who rank number two in baseball in WRC plus against righties. That's a get out start. That's a not allowing a hit start. Shout yeah. out Tyler Wells. My God. He got 15 of them. So that you're not going out. with the with the expensive Kyle Gibson? The, the, no. How much did he get? The, nine. The, the $10 million dollar man? Ten. We're not giving the ball to the $10 million man? Hey, respect him. ERA under five. Kyle Gibson, that's all you can ask <laughs> for, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> give me a four or five this year. 180 innings, 140 strikeouts. Fuck it. Give it to me. Give, <laughs> give it, it to me. me. <laughs> Opening day starter, Kyle Gibson. <laughs> Dean uh, Kramer. All right, number six is Miguel Vargas with the L.A. Dodgers. And, and Vargas, you know, what he is doing may not be sexy, but he is quietly – hit his way to a 770 OPS. He's an on-base guy. We know that. He's walked 18 times here in 114 plate appearances. So he's walking a lot. 30 games, got 11 extra base hits, 15 RBIs. He's walking almost as much as he's striking out, and he sees an 130-point jump from batting average to OBP. Vargas has been a positive defender, Right. Like he's been fine at a couple of spots. Uh, Miguel Vargas, while you have some guys that are performing exceptionally well, like Outman and like Muncie, you've got guys that were really struggling, like David Peralta. Vargas is somewhere in the middle for a team that's getting really hot right now. Yeah. I think it's impressive that as a rookie, he is playing so many different positions that 
aren't his home, right? Came up as a third baseman, but has been playing second base and first base and is hitting. Like a 115 WRC plus, he is 15% better than league average. And, you know, the Woba to X Woba to just test your quality of contact, see if you're getting a little bit unlucky, points to more. And the extra base hits are finally starting to come, and he already has that plate discipline. I'm not saying he's the next coming of Max Muncy, but I think you can see it, right? He's always going to have a high walk rate. Plate discipline is going to be great. He's not going to swing outside the zone. He's not going to get himself out, and he's going to hit the ball hard. Is he going to hit 36 home runs like Muncy did in 2021 or leading the league in home runs now? Probably not. But is he a 20 to 25 home run guy while hitting 270 while playing decent defense around the infield and even making an impact on the base pass? That's a really good player, and he's still so young. He's 23. Yeah. He's, for all those reasons, has been one of my favorite prospects for a while. It's just like the definition of a safe prospect. Bad on ball, like he's always been in the 87, 88% zone contact range. Doesn't chase, like Peter said. Um, doesn't Didn't excel defensively. But if you're not going to excel defensively, playing a passable defense at several spots is the next best thing. And that's exactly and for a Dodgers team that desperately needs that, we're talking about guys with big responsibilities. I'd say Vargas is up there, you know, we'll talk about Outman later, but like Vargas's responsibility is up there with Volpe and Outman and you know, guys that have just kind of gotten thrown into it and you know, they really need to step up. Um and, and the difference of playing everyday shortstop for the Yankees, it's a little different for for a guy like Vargas, where it's like, we need to plug you into multiple spots. We also need you to hit. Um, and, and that's, I think, saying a lot for him. And, you know, 16% walk rate and just starting to get into the juice a little bit. Three doubles the other day, homered. I think we're starting to see the extra base hits come along. He's always going to be a, a ton of doubles. And then, you know, how 15 to 20, hopefully a little bit more of that in the power department. But, man, I'll take a ton of doubles and a lot of walks any day of the week with positional versatility. He's an awesome player. For sure. He'd be Brad Pitt's favorite baseball player. Oh, yeah. Gets on base. Gets on base. What's his OBP? 370. Good <laughs> enough. Masataka Yoshida with the Boston Red Sox is number five as we get into it. He's 29 years old. He's going to turn 30 on July 15th. Masataka Yoshida had a really rough start to his big league career, but I, I'm going to give you the splits here in a moment. This guy in 115 plate appearances has 13 walks, 11 punch-outs. He's hitting over 300. He's got a 391 OBP, and he's slugging over 500. So he's got a 906 OPS, a 145 OPS plus, six doubles, five homers, 21 driven in, in 26 plate appearances. Now, this is from Cespedes Family Barbecue. I loved this tweet. Masataka Yoshida has played 26 major league games for the Red Sox. First 16. He slashed 167, 310, 250. Last 13, 431, 474, 765. This guy's turned it the fuck on, and I'm having a great time watching Masataka Yoshida. He might be the best hitter in baseball right now over the past, like, 13 games. And just to peel back the curtain a little bit, Arm and I and Colby had a bet where um because i was a big seiya suzuki guy and seiya suzuki put up a 112 wrc plus in his first season in chicago and armin colby you know we went to the world baseball classic and we're just debating and i'm like i don't think he's gonna have a better season than seiya did and armin colby are like you're an idiot of course he is look at the swing look at what he's doing in the world baseball classic so we made a bet over under 112 wrc plus and at the beginning of the season 
I was doing a victory lap. But look at this ground ball merchant. You think he's going to have a 112 WRC plus? He can't even hit the ball in the air. And then he said, fuck you, Peter. I'm putting everything in the air, and I'm not only just putting it in the air, I'm putting it in the bleachers. I'm putting it over the green monster. He has been a monster, a 148 WRC+. plus. He's a huge reason why the Boston Red Sox are rattling off win after win after win, 18 and 14. we got to put a little bit of respect on this yeah. Red Sox yeah. offense. They have been rolling, and he's a huge reason why. I was gonna say I got yeah we, I gotta I gotta get this one out of the way. Usually when I do this though, they end up losing after this. But, yeah, I mean it's uh, so early. It's it's not like hey we're coining this team as like way better than we thought. We're just right now we put hey, they're hitting they're exceeding the expectations. Verdugo's been that dude. Um, yeah. Yoshida though, real quick to to wrap a bow on what Peter was saying. The big thing that like sold me is the the bat to ball skills. I didn't know how the power was gonna translate. So then when Peter's sending me his negative launch angle, I'm like shit. He's gonna have great bats of ball skills straight into the ground. Like I just, I just actually, you know, the crazy thing was it was the worst in baseball. And then yeah. now I think he has the best fly ball right in baseball right Which, now. It's just like what the hell? Hey, this guy <laughs> figured it out, man. And and I think it's gonna continue. It's pretty amazing to be twenty two for your last. Uh, in his last 57 plate appearances, he has 22 hits. That's awesome. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane. So, And he's not going to strike out. The defense is the one hole you can poke in his game. Um, and I think we're going to see him you know, DH more and more when Adam Duvall comes back. But hell, man, the Red Sox needed him to hit, and he's hitting. Between him and Verdugo, you're going to have a tough time striking him out, and they're going to spray the ball all over, and they'll surprise you with some juice. We and were. I to, oh, no, I was just going to say I wanted to come on and kind of bash the defense because – playing left field in Fenway, like there's not a lot of ground that you have to cover. But thinking back on it, like you have to adjust, right? Like it's a way different ballpark. It's a weird thing. You know, you're playing balls off the wall. So do I think he's actually one of the worst defensive players in Major League Baseball? Absolutely not. He's just adjusting to a weird left field where the wall is 30 feet high and he's got to be fielding balls off it. He, he, yes, to this point, he has been one of baseball's worst defenders. Do I think it's going to continue? Absolutely not. So we were asked to issue an apology on Kenley Jansen on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see I'm that? I'm not apologizing about a veteran who the point is, how will he be in August and September, not in in April? That's not what we're doing here. I'm not apologizing for so, Kenley Jansen yet. I am not. So Kenley Jansen, nine appearances, eight and two-thirds. He's allowed one earned run, so he's got a 104 ERA. Yeah. He's, right. been, awesome. he's been awesome to start the year. Awesome. He's thrown eight and two thirds innings. He threw yeah. sixty four last year. So let's wait till he eight tuples his current output right now. Yeah. If I'm, I will tell right hand to God. If he has an amazing year, and we're sitting here in September being like he is that dude, apology will be given. For I'm sure. not giving an apology on May third or May fourth or May fifth. Are you kidding me? Apologies should not be written till after the season. People on social media, they need apologies right now. Give me a break. Eight and two thirds. At least get to 12 innings like Yanier Cano is with a one hit allowed. Right. Yeah. Give me a break. Well, one thing I will say, because, um, yeah, I, I think it's a premature apology time. Um, I was expecting some some struggles with the adjustments of the pitch clock for him. I didn't think many pitchers would struggle. I thought if anybody would struggle, it would be him. He's clearly not struggling with it so that that is the one good thing um that was the one thing i was wrong about but yeah let's let's see him hold it up for the whole year i hope he does because i one i like kenley two it, it, with a couple more good seasons he's got a hall of fame case 
yeah, um, and that would be that would be pretty cool to see. And he's also with milestone watch three saves away from 400. So, um, yeah, this is one I'll, I'll I'll be happy to issue the apology as well. Uh, but I agree. It's it's uh, eight and two thirds is, is a little early. Yeah, a lot of early. Um, all right. So we were really tight between Yoshida at five. I, there was I think five was like clear cut. The difference between six and five is probably the most drastic that we get in this list of 10 um the difference between five and four was so marginal and that was masataki yoshida and josh young and yoshida has been a better hitter young has been a better overall player because the defense might be a little bit better than we were expecting it to be uh in terms of the defensive metrics but josh young at this point through 28 games hitting 275 he's got an 866 ops already eight homers and 24 driven in in 28 games the odds on BetMGM reflect that too, right, Peter? Absolutely. On BetMGM right now, your AL Rookie of the Year leader is Josh Young at plus 300, Masataki Yoshida at plus 350, Anthony Volpe, wow. and we'll talk about Hunter Brown in a minute, is at plus 700. But normally pitchers are always going to have lower odds than the hitters because it's implied more often that Pitchers just get hurt more than hitters, and it's really hard for a pitcher to win it at all. Yeah, I was going to say, look at the voting last year of Mike Harris and Spencer Strider. Like, that embodies it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. But Josh Young, I think, had the most impressive home run that I have seen from a rookie. So he's facing Nick Lodolo. Nick Lodolo is a great pitcher in his own right. Had a rough start, but it's been some blowout outings. I'm not too worried about it. But Nick Lodolo throws him this slider and it starts in the left-handed batter's box and just curves all the way in. It's not like he just left it over the middle. This is in on his hands. He pulls his hands through and hits the ball 420 to left field. And that was a really good pitch. I think I was on the Reds in that game or I was on some sort of bet. And I watched that and I was like, you just got to tip your cap. It's not like that was a hanger. It wasn't even a good pitch that was left middle. It wasn't even in the strike zone. And Josh Young just pulled his hands. He is such a complete hitter. I mean, and it's instant, right? And then the defense at third base has also been impressive. Running up on balls, the barehanded throws over to first base. He's been one of my favorite young players to watch so far this season. And I'm really glad the odds reflect that he is the leader in the American League for Rookie of the Year because he is more of a complete player right now than Yoshida, and the offense isn't even that far off, and that's after 13 games straight of 765 slugging. Like, Josh Young's been doing this. So yeah. fun to watch. So I pulled up that homer you just talked about, Peter, and I have it, like, like on where it was in the zone. It's at least a ball, maybe two balls inside, and he kept it fair at 108 down the line. <laughs> that That is a freak swing. Off of Nick Lodolo. And to keep that fair on a breaking ball that's boring. Unbelievable. You know, two balls inside. Like That's the one thing I've always liked about Josh Young is like, even though the K's have been there a little bit because he's an aggressive hitter, his feel for the barrel, like that embodies it. Like it's there. He not only does he hit the ball hard, but he has a feel to just barrel up baseballs. And I think that's why he's one of the favorites here. Like, even if he goes through the ebbs and flows, he's still going to hit bombs. Another guy that needed to hit the ball in the air more, he's doing it. Only a 34% ground ball rate. So hitting the ball hard, hitting it in the air. He has going to strike out a little bit. Defense is good. Uh, He could be a four-win player this year. Like That's pretty damn good for a rookie third baseman. 
he's on pace for more. He might be yeah. more. I wouldn't be surprised to see five more out of the five guy in his would first be year. Sick. <laughs> that would be sick. We're going to talk about Corbin Carroll. He's on pace for like an insane. Well, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> um, Hunter Brown is my guy, man. I, I told you guys, you know, that might be my sneaky pick for AL Rookie of the Year. I, I like it so far. Uh, 24-year-old right-hander has been nails so far this year. Hunter Brown in six starts is 3-1 and one with a 2-6 ERA. 34 and two-thirds innings, punched out 36, has walked 15. That's about four walks per nine. But this guy has faced 140 hitters so far. He has allowed zero home runs. Very impressive from a four-seamer guy. Thing with Hunter Brown that I just like fell in love with, I think, last year, and, and I'm riding this year. 35% slider, 31% four-seamer, 31% curveball. Any pitch at any moment. He mixes in a splitter here and there, but for the most part, it's the fastball and two different shapes to the breaking ball, and you are playing a guessing game with power stuff. That never works out well for hitters. And so far, I mean, he and Fromber have been the two most impressive starters for Houston. I think the argument is there to be made that Hunter Brown has been objectively better than Christian Javier has this year. Yeah, I think the numbers would reflect that. Um, I mean, Javier's still been good, but Hunter Brown has been better. My only issue with Hunter Brown so far this season, because I have zero issue with the stuff, you understand why he's coined the nickname Mini Verlander, because he throws like him. Um, he even said that, I think he grew up in Michigan, or he grew up in Detroit. Yeah, Michigan. The, Detroit is in Michigan, but I, I'm not sure where. But he was a big fan of Justin Verlander, and I was listening to the broadcast, that story where Dusty Baker basically was like, hey, Hunter, you want to meet him? And he ended up getting to meet him, and that was like, he glowed up, and I thought that was such a cool story. But you can easily see it. I mean, this stuff is phenomenal. A lot, the pitch counts have been bad because it's a lot of three-two counts. You know, it's a lot of five-inning starts because the command just isn't quite there yet. But that's how you know that the stuff is so elite because with how many balls he throws, still getting outs, because even when he throws it in the strikes and when he has to come back and it's 3-1 and he has to give you a cookie fastball, guys still aren't hitting it because the stuff is so good. So I think he is incredibly impressive. And as he progresses, if the command starts to get there, he's going to become one of the better pitchers in the American League. I think the world of him. Yeah, that was my one concern was the command. Um, yeah, there's not a much track record for for the command there. And then all of a sudden, you know, he looked really good in a short stint last year. And I'm like, all right, how is it going to look over the course of the season? He was still one of the best right-handed pitching prospects in baseball. But we had guys like Brendan Fott ahead of him. And it looks like that, you know, might be backwards in the early going. We'll see how it, you know, continues to progress here. But I think what's really stood out with Hunter Brown is the, specifically the slider. Like that, he commands that pitch better than his fastball. Uh, but he is... So breaking ball heavy to Peter's point that he is finding himself in a lot of deep counts. I feel like he doesn't trust the fastball totally. Um, and I do wonder if like hitters start to adjust to that a little bit, you know, and, and start leaving the spin, uh, you know, how that'll work. But if they do right now, he's spotting the slider so frequently that you're, you're not really going to be able to have success that way. So he's been able to sequence, he's been able to mask the fastball, uh, and he's been able to get by, you know, not always pounding the strike zone. And I think he's going to just be able to be a guy that does that. Um, so as he matures as a pitcher, I think it's all going to even out. Um, it is interesting to see, though, a guy that only goes to his fastball 31% of the time as a starter. You don't really see that very often. Yeah. And that said, he's still having massive success. He's been, what, the best rookie pitcher so far this year by a pretty, pretty fair margin. 
Yeah, when I'm watching him, instead of Verlander, which I do see, but I almost see a little bit of Dylan Cease in his game to the point that Arm was talking about with the heavy slider usage, the problems with command early, but the stuff can just bail him out of starts because it's so nasty. I would still say, even though Dylan Cease has been definitely struggling this year, there's been a bit of a stuff drop off. But when I watch Hunter Brown, I think Dylan Cease more than I think Justin Verlander. Okay, so I actually see more McClanahan than Cease. And Mm. and the reason I say that is because, like, Cease is slider frame guy. Like, Cease is not the biggest pitcher on earth. He doesn't throw like a big pitcher. The ball just explodes out of his hand every which Mm -hmm. way. With McClanahan, like, he's he's a bigger guy that maximizes his tilt. Like, he is... He's out. He extends the glove hand. He yanks, and it feels like he's coming at you with power stuff. Like, that's Hunter Brown, right? That's a big guy extending the glove hand, getting a lot of tilt, getting a lot of turn in his body, and he's just ripping breaking balls and, like, bearing down on the hitter. That's how I feel when watching Hunter Brown. But you don't think Dylan Sees has that same I get. I totally get your point with the stature. Right, totally get that point. But even like the windups are a little bit similar. I mean, still with the glove hand and the slider usage, like I see what you're saying, but I still lean more Dylan Cease than I do even a Verlander or McLennan. Who does he remind you of, Arm? I see the you. I have Cease's pitch usage up right now, and and the the forty three percent slider usage last year is like, and and commanding the hell out of it compared to his other pitches. I think is is definitely representative there. Um the curveball he uses less fastball he still goes to like 41 percent of the time i think he's a hybrid of of, of that like cease verlander I, I i struggle to compare lefties to righties i don't know yeah why. me too i, I like almost can't it. see it yeah it's, 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 dude dolphins fans used to do this funny thing i still probably still do it this they year flip to around where right? they'd flip to a they'd, hear, they'd flip to and put the highlights out and say oh they look better now don't they um i think if you flipped if you flipped hunter brown i'd be able to like see it better I do see the cease comp. I I do see the. I think the Verlander one was a little extreme. I think he's like a hybrid of the two. If you if Jack, if you can get me a flipped video of yeah. Hunter Brown, bro, I don't know how to I'll do give that. my answer I, on. I, I'm in the same boat as Arum, where like I just can't see a righty and a lefty being similar. Like I'm just not smart <laughs> it's enough. It's hard. Like my mind just can't do it. So your mind is just a little bit ahead of mine. Yeah. So that's why I can't see the cease thing because I think I might just be dumber or my eyesight is worse. On the record, Peter just called me smart. Like, that was crazy what just happened there. All right, two more. very complimentative. Very. Complimentary. Same thing. (laughs) Um, All right. All right, end of compliments. (laughs) Thanks for fixing it. Thank you. Thanks for being so complimentative for me. Um, Yeah, Corbin Carroll is number two on these rookie rankings so far. He'd be one in, like, any other year if this guy wasn't fucking Babe Ruth in L.A. right now. But – Corbin Carroll hitting 313 through his front 29 games, got a 912 OPS, eight doubles, four homers, 10 bags in 12 attempts. This guy's a freak show, man. Already over one win accumulated in the war department. I mean, he's WRC plusing over a 140. Like he he's living up to what we expected from him. Yeah, when I watch him, I'm like, debate a wall. He's the best player in Major League Baseball. Like, (laughs) debate a wall. I think he is the most complete player in the game. Not actually, but like kind of. Because he's faster than basically everyone in baseball. He's an all-world defender. 
He's incredible bat-to-ball skills. Like, even the blue pits. Like, he just makes contact instead of, you know, striking out or anything like that. He takes his walks. He has crazy power. He is as complete of a player as we have in this game. Like, you put him up there in the echelons of the great players, and I think that's what he will become. And I just think it's so amazing. Like, we talk about rookies adjusting and how it takes them a little bit of while to get going. Corbin Carroll came up for a cup of coffee last year and had a 135 WRC+. What is he doing this year? Even better than that. This guy is just going to be a good player almost no matter what against any competition. And even if he's going through a little bit of slide offensively, he's going to impact the game in so many ways. Debate Wall, he's the best player in the game. <laughs> so listen to his last 17 games. 375. 462, 643. Cool. It's an 1104 OPS, 12% walk rate, 21.5% K rate. Um, that's disgusting. He's also stolen five bags and hit a pair of home runs. I, is it too early? Because Gunnar Henderson's going to be. No, it's not too early. I don't even know what you're going to say, but it's not too early. <laughs> like, is it too early for me to to say I, I told you so to the rest of the, the prospect ranking world? Uh, because everyone had Gunnar Henderson won. Everyone. And I like I, I didn't get it. And Corbin Carroll to me was like a almost like a like a slight, slight notch above. Obviously, we we always said it, they're interchangeable, you can do whatever. But I I, I was pretty set on Corbin one. Like do you see any world? I'll do it for you. It's, I'll do it for you. Early. Aram told you so. Aram told you so. I'll do it for you. Aram told you so. This dude is amazing. Thank He's you. amazing. And to speak about Gunnar Henderson for a little bit, below average hitter, and the defense has been horrendous. Now, he's going to bounce back. He's still a great hitter, but that's what separates Corbin Carroll is that he can play center field and win a gold glove. He's worlds faster than Gunnar Henderson. And I might say he's a better hitter. Yeah. He's just so good. He's amazing. So the, the two guys that I think some people would say, hey, how could we leave them off of the top 10 are Gunner and Kodai Senga. But both of them have dealt with their issues. Like Gunner's hitting below 200. Gunner's Senga's been bad Senga's walking six guys per nine. Like this is a run of form rookie rankings who has been in the best form. That's why Carroll's too, because while it sounds like Carroll's been awesome, James Outman with the LA Dodgers has been better. Outman is what he's top five in war still among all players. James Outman in 32 games. He's fourth in war. Thank you, Peter. 32 games hitting 290 with a 980 OPS, six doubles, three triples, seven homers, 21 driven in has four bags, is playing elite defense. Nobody saw this coming. I think, you know, Arm, we've had conversations about Albin. Like, we knew this guy was tooled the hell up. Didn't know it was all going to look like this at the same yeah. time. No, this is this is one where we talked about on the call-up. I So we did that redraft. It, you remember that redraft, Peter, that, that Jack and I did on the call-up? And then I think you did it. I don't know if you did it for this draft or you did a different one um, on, like, on TikTok. And I'm trying to remember if it was the same one, but Jack took James Outman really early. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you, you're, you're reaching for this 25 year old, uh, you know, minor leaguer. My gosh, like James Outman, we've talked about him on the show, but like he's far and away been the best. I guess not far and away because Corbin's been insane, but, but like, like he's 0.7 more better. The three of us Carol. did not debate. Like you just heard Peter gush about Corbin Carroll. I've had him as my number one prospect in baseball. And he's reaffirmed everything that both of us just said. And there was no fight from Peter or myself 
on James Outman being number one when when Jack you know sent the the proposed list. Like you can't even debate James Outman being the best rookie right now. Is it going to happen the whole year? I don't know. But the point being, probably is not. Like, probably not. But I think with the start that he's had, even if he's seventy percent of what he was at the start of the year, sixty percent of what he was at the start of the year, he's going to finish the year well above average and 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 have a really good season. I love seeing these guys come out of the woodworks. Of course, it's a Dodger, but like in general, it's just always cool to see. We just talked about Matt Mervis. I think you could kind of put him in a similar boat of just like the the unsung prospects that put it together in the minors and actually get a chance to prove it at the big league level. I think in a lot of other years, Outman doesn't even get a chance with these Dodgers teams. Like there's too many Dodgers teams through the years where Outman is, where are you going to put him? How is he going to break through into that outfield? This is the one year where they needed a James Outman. And boy, like he gave them everything they needed and more. James Outman has been the best player on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. And that's the <laughs> same team with Julio Arias, with Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman. So I made a TikTok that'll come out soon where I said James Outman isn't competing with other rookies. He's competing with Ronald Acuna Jr. for the leader in war. Like he is in a different conversation this year. Now, when I look at the odds, because I'm always looking at it from a betting angle, on BetMGM right now, he's plus 160. Corbin Carroll is plus 210. No, It's a bad bet on James Outman. It just is. Like, the value there is not there. He is going crazy. He's getting tons of bets. And for good reason, right? He's slugging 600. He's on pace for a 10 F4. Yes, (laughs) but... A good measure of quality contact, you can go on Fangraphs and look at WOBA versus ex-WOBA. And the WOBA is a lot higher than the ex-WOBA. And I think that's what we're talking about here. But I don't want to diminish what he's done so far. He has been far and away the best rookie, and he has been better than the guy who I said debate a wall. He's the best player in Major (laughs) League Baseball. Like, he has objectively been a top-five player in this sport by war and by basically every other metric because when you look at the defense that has been so impactful and the speed is in the 92nd percentile like he flies now he strikes out a ton 33 percent strikeout rate but fuck it 163 (laughs) wrc plus like strike out all you want when you're doing that shit James Outman probably settles into a 125 WRC plus this year, which is cool. awesome. Yes, that's awesome. Like, like if he puts up a five war, he's one of the better players in the National League. Yeah, I'm. I mean, this is it's just Dodger the Dodger way. Found money here, uh, but I think you know we we talked about it with Walker actually. What stood out about you know Outman, and I think why. I think his success will be sustainable in the sense of finishing with a 125, 130 WRC plus is that he went through a couple like really rough patches very briefly. I think it was like 0 for 12 with like nine Ks. A lot of rookies that starts to mount on them. He snaps right back out of it and he's right back to hitting again. And like, yeah, he's always going to be a streaky hitter, but I think seeing him already this early in his major league career snap out of that kind of dry spell. I think is is a testament to, you know, what he's got going on, you know, mentally too. And I think he's just built for it. I, I really think it's that simple. He's built for being a guy that can play every day in LA. Um, obviously, if the Dodgers are succeeding, James Outman's not your best player, but he's helped get them by right now. And that's that's a huge, huge, huge thumbs up to him. The best rookie so far this season.
100%. I'm glad you brought that up, Aram, because I was, you know, watching some of those Dodger games and I'm like, uh, here it comes. Like now we're yeah. starting to Welcome fall. To I'm gonna start fading him on prize picks and stuff because the hype is so real. And I almost clicked the button. I was like, I want to watch one more game. Yep. Went off. And Two I'm hits. like, all right, yep. sorry. No, <laughs> I didn't mean it, James. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to almost fade you. And I didn't. Thank God I didn't, because I would have took hundred dollar bill and just burned it in the paper shredder because <laughs> he is a phenomenal like he is such a well-rounded baseball player like that's everyone's looking at the offense it's the well-roundedness mm-hmm. about that you did you hear that unit flex from peter arm did you hear did you hear what size bill he would take and throw it into the just garden? round numbers i'm not about to drop my okay, okay. That's, got a, you. that's a round number got you I don't know my unit hey flex. i mean when you're up what was it how many units last year 44 why wouldn't you have larger unit sizes? <laughs> How many units is Colby Olsen down right now? <laughs> no, kidding. it's early. I'm also Wait. not having a great season either. It's been Wait, a tough I think, baseball season. I, dude, dude, think about this. I got to go on the streams. I had to just like get get on there yesterday after an 0-4 in one day <laughs> and give my picks out. While I'm just watching the chat go, I'm like ready for them to roast me. They actually didn't. And I was talking about that That's yesterday. Nice. I was like, yeah. talking about how, like, I don't know how Peter deals with it. Because like, it's one thing you lose. You're like, oh, shit, I suck. And then you got to have, have other people tell, tell you, you that you that suck. You suck. <laughs> um, they didn't. They were very nice and supportive of me. You know why? Because there's no expectation from me. It's like, oh, Arm's giving his picks and it should be entertaining. Like for Peter, it's like be up 40 units or I fucking hate you. And it's like, yeah. that's that's crazy. I think I, I think I'm whiffed on everything except for my two unit play yesterday under on on the Angels or the, on the A's game. JP Sears, JP Sears, seven K's yesterday. Why not that us? That game was so depressing, by the way. Mm-hmm. There was about rain delay. Rain delay in Oakland in a game like that, Mariners, Oakland. I, I think there was about 500 people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they, they started announcing um, the people that were there, putting the number at around 2,500 people. Dude, I'm I like, thought you were going to say they introduced every individual in the stands. Can you like Section 26, Peter Apple. Coral. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's legit 400 people there. Yeah. Maybe 2,500. It's just not true. It's like, dude, it's. And, that, and that's a that. miserable announced attendance, too. Imagine if they're like, welcome eight people. Yep. It's, yep. it's really tough. I, you could hear the dugout. Like I've never heard, I've never had that in a TV experience before. Like bad call, you could hear the dugout. Jared Kelnick got tossed because I think he muttered something to himself that usually umpires don't hear. They heard it. He got tossed. Like it, it was. It's like a different. It's a different situation. It felt like a high school game. I also want to be clear though, and we've been clear before. This is not on A's fans. If no. I was an A's fan, there's no shot. I would pay money and travel down to that dump of a Coliseum, even though there's a special place in my heart for the Coliseum. If they're good, it's, it's fun. You you embrace the dump. but like, Oh, they'll have 30,000 people there if they were good. It's just they are not putting out a major league. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going back on my old thing. Yeah. They are a major yep, Let's league talk team. about the lineup here. You know here. what? Actually, <laughs> actually, I'm turning it back around. A's fans, you got to go to the games. 18, 18 WRC+, plus, WRC+ the offense plus. is good. I take back what I also took back. They have a good team. Go watch the games. That was a good save. Before you almost hurt yourself, that was a really good save. That was good. That was oh, very good. smart. All right. Uh, running it through again. Medically DQ'd Logan Ohapi. Our three need to see more guys, or I guess, you know, get more opportunities, guys. Taj Bradley, Mason Miller, Brett Beatty. 
Anthony Volpe, 10. Esteri Ruiz, 9. Yaner Cano, 8. Grayson Rodriguez, 7. Miguel Vargas, 6. Masataki Yoshida, 5. Josh Young, 4. Hunter Brown, 3. Corbin Carroll, 2. James Altman, 1. Rapid, rapid fire. I'm going to throw you games of the weekend. You give me a winner and zero explanation. You in? I'm in. Oh, yeah. I wonder how we did last time. I'm going to listen back on that. Um, All right. Friday at 7.05. The Red Sox and Chris Sale in Philly taking on Zach Wheeler. Who wins? Mm -hmm. Philly. Ah, Red Sox. Yeah, I don't mind that. Philly? Philly, but I don't love it. All right, I go Red Sox. Friday at 9.40, Clayton Kershaw on the Dodgers. In San Diego, Joe Musgrove and the Padres. What a game. Ooh, what Dodgers. a game. Give me Dodgers. I'll be different. Give me Padres. <laughs> Domingo Herman threw into the ninth last time. Saturday at 4.10, the Yankees are in Tampa taking on Drew Rasmussen and the Rays. I'm just staring at Peter. Tampa. Is it in Tampa? It's in Tampa. Rays. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Domingo Herman, like, that. no way he follows it up again. Yeah. The Yankees ain't going into Tampa. I don't think they win one game. Maybe at the last game of the series, they ain't winning shit. The Rays if Cole, if Cole throws on, maybe they grab one. Maybe. So, but like, probably not. Like, it might be Colin Fauche against Cole, and like, the Rays won. <laughs> like, we're fucked. Um, Saturday at 6 10, first matchup between the Twins and Guardians this year. Sonny Gray. Gets the ball from Minnesota in Cleveland against Logan T. Allen and the Cleveland Guardians. God, the Guardians can't hit right now at all. Sonny's been so good. Give me Cleveland. We need. I need to start having them winning games for my yeah, own they need, total all the season. Give me the Guardians, and I hate it, but I want it. I love the way Sonny's been throwing, man. I'm talking about a guy that's been breaking ball heavy, mask the fastball. Maybe that's the profile for for Hunter Brown, Sonny um, Gray. I would me, love yeah, it. yeah. Give me, uh, give me the Twins. Saturday at 8.40, Dustin May and the Dodgers in San Diego against you, Darvish. Ugh. Padres. Nah, Dodgers can own Darvish. Give me the give me the Dodgers. I'm going to go, I think Padres get one here. I think that's the one they get. Okay. Joe Ryan against Cal Quantrill in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Guardians. Cal Quantrill in <laughs> Cleveland. Sunday Guardians. at 1.40. Guardians. <laughs> Wait, who who is it again? It's Guardians. Uh, all I heard, all I heard was Cal Guardians. <laughs> it's Joe Ryan against Cal Quantrill Guardians. Twins. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Cole in Tampa against TBD bullpen day for the Rays on Sunday at one forty against Cole Rays. <laughs> Yankees. Yankees. Sure. How about that? All right. Sunday night <laughs> baseball third. Dodgers, Julio Arias in San Diego against Blake Snell and the Padres. What a game. It's going to be sick. Blake Snell has looked terrible. Give me the Dodgers. Like, he doesn't know what Jeff- WRC plus is. And yeah. neither does, hold on, neither yeah, did yeah. Don Orsillo and Mark Grant, which is like something I got to get off Great booth, my chest. by the way. Great booth. Great booth. I think one of the more fun booths in baseball, but I think you're doing your fans a disservice if you have no idea what WRC Plus you're, is and have never in, looked at it. That's willful ignorance. Like that's yep. that's purposefully ignored. Like that that is a stat that like it's your job to know. Like I, even if you don't totally agree with it, you don't have to cite it all the time. You have to like if you need to know. That's one of the main. If it's used in arbitration cases, you should know it as a broadcaster. No great point. If it's used in arbitration <laughs> cases, you got to know it. It's one thing like Stuff Plus is kind 
kind of new on the Dang. team. Fangraphs, like, if you don't know what that is, no That's worries okay. at all. You will know, I think, in a couple of years because it is an impactful stat. But WRC Plus has been around. I mean, it's not like, oh, what is that? Like, I understand if you aren't sure how it's calculated, even what it stands for. I which don't is, even know if I could totally tell you how it's calculated. <laughs> like, I get yeah. what goes into it, but like. I can't it's a park adjusted weighted runs created plus. Yeah, I mean it's the calculation is nuts. Like it's a huge equation. Looks I would like have to look it up. Dion in high school. Yeah, yeah. It's based on wins and wins weighted runs created, and then the plus is for park adjusted because they were like, "What's the plus for?" That's the park adjusted part yeah. of it. On a nightly basis, I will not be using WRC Plus in my broadcast, like ever. I don't know if I've used it once this season. Don't know if I used it at all last season. Like WRC Plus is, yes, but the baseball fan listening to baseball on the radio or watching baseball on TV is typically casual. So like I stay away from numbers like that where WRC Plus, I can't fully explain it, but you should know what it means. You should know what it is. And I also um, I also don't want to like designate anyone as a casual, like if they don't know what WRC no, plus is or anything fine. like that. Like some people yeah. just watch baseball differently. Like they may never look at fan graphs ever. They yeah. may never look at the That's stat fine. sheet and it's just what they're watching. And you can't call them a casual if they turn on the TV and watch baseball every yeah. day. Yeah, they, they, it's just, they know more about maybe the game and like, you know, the personalities and all that that goes into the game of baseball. And that's how they watch. And I love that. So but it's I would our never job call to do a casual. It's, it's our job to, to do joke both. around. Yeah, it's our job to do both. And Don Orsillo, it's your job to do both. Like, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Kentucky Derby weekend. Derby winner. Derma Sotogake. Japanese born and bred horse. This is the year of Japan stateside. Shohei Otani contract year. Japan won the WBC. This horse is 10 to 1 right now. That's your Derby winner. Fading that. You're fading that? <laughs> no, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't sure. even know. Who, who else is in it? Does this Walker have a a, a fake like point zero 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 five percent a micro share? Horse? I don't a think Miller has a micro share on any horse, but um, I will tell you that Forte is the odds-on favorite right now. I think Forte Matt is Forte? the one, not related to Matt Forte. Forte meaning strong suit, and this might be the strong horse in the race. We'll see. Mm. Matt Forte won me a fantasy football league. I'm sure he and won Jamal a lot Charles of people. On, him and Jamal Charles on the same team. Ooh. Unstoppable. Sounds, sounds, like, sounds like you were fun at parties that year to talk to. Everyone. I just want to hear about my fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. Check Look. out this running back tandem. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Two of us are wearing merch. We are. And you can get your merch in the podcast description. It is the best way to support this show is to get yourself some Just Baseball merch. Arm just ran to his bed, picked out his Just Baseball hat. I the rope hats, we're rocking them. I'm also rocking my Not Gambling Advice tee. You can find that in the episode description. Really appreciate you guys all listening. If you've been enjoying the show so far and you don't want to spend a dime on merch, of course, it's totally fine. But if you could, click a couple buttons, rate this podcast five stars, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, press the like button, and comment more of what you'd like to see on the Just Baseball Show. The reason that we went over rookie rankings is that people were freaking out in the YouTube comments about what MLB put out. So we wanted to put out our own. Make sure you leave those comments. Again, rate and review. Remember, just the Just Baseball Show is sponsored by BetMGM. Use code JBFANS when you download. JB fans, Jack, get the. I can't even give the pitch with you. Just oh, I'm surprised you, you've still been going through with this. Get the hell out of the camera. Use code JB fans. Wager $10 on any MLB game, went up to $100 
in bonus bets once that bet is settled. Depending on your state, could be up to $200 in bonus bets. Use the King of Sportsbooks. We went over all the odds for Rookie of the Year. If you heard something that you really like, get after it on the King of Sportsbooks. And with that, thank you, everybody. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.